0: to the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. The key to our lives is to make sure we not only remind ourselves of how good God is, but also that we're the reminder to other people of the goodness of God. So let's always keep that in in the front of our lives because ultimately uh, our belief in that will it will mean that we experience exactly what we're expecting and that our God is good. And for you to realize that and to live it, uh, just the outlook is different. Outlook is, is so important uh, in life that it gets so perverted and darkened and swayed just because our past really affects the lenses of our future. And we, if, if we continue a life that way, there is no change. There isn't anything to look forward to. And so what we want to do is we want to always remember this, this Jesus that we serve, this God who we're living for, is a living God that cares about us. You know, we talk a lot about scripture and what it, what it means to, to know the truth, to apply the truth, to live the truth. Paul's writings are filled with knowing this, knowing that. I have learned, I have come to know. And it, it's filled with that all through the, the, the word for a purpose to help us understand that we are to learn. Learning will produce growth and that growth produces stability. But the key is, is we're learning. But also, we must never forget that we're not doing this on our own or by ourselves. Even though God is saying, I want you to learn of me, I want you to receive this instruction, he's also letting us know that this isn't by yourselves. The the power that lives in us is from him. The ability to operate in the the supernatural comes from Him, but it's our belief, our belief, and our recognizing what the Scripture teaches and why it teaches what it teaches, so that we live it. it again, this is not a religion. This is life, and it's actually life one hundred and one. Uh, this is the keys. So I, I was just um, I, I love statistics because it really shows a natural picture. Of spiritual truths, but I just want to do a little uh, uh, benefit here as far as statistic benefits of going to church. I thought it'd just be cool. Just there's just a few are down because there's actually a ton. But did you know that those that attend services once a week will live thirty percent longer than those that don't? See, so you come and you come and you just said, "Okay, I'm living longer already. I'm living longer already." I thought that was cool, but it also says those who attend less than weekly, odds of dying decrease by 13%. Let's be faithful this year. <laughs> hey, anything will help, right? Anything that's going to add to our life is going to be beneficial. There's a less risk of depression and five times less likely to commit suicide just by people who go to church. I, I, I find this so fascinating. I mean, the the benefits are amazing. And I mean, you really can go down to family units and, and father tenants and mother attendance, all that. But the, the thing is, I look at this and I think, you know, just in the natural perspective of, of coming to church, uh, the benefits spe- specifically for parents, you know, what you're doing for your children as far as building and laying a foundation for their lives. It's so important, so important. But Uh, Another one is there's more stable, happy, sexual, satisfying marriages in those that attend church. That's pretty cool. Here, watch this. It reduces stress and lowers blood pressure. Well, that's why you got a happy happy life right there. Those who engage in frequent church attendance, they pray, they, you know, they study the Bible, it's a frequent life. They literally have 40% lower blood pressure than those who don't. Isn't that amazing? Listen to this, though. Those who frequently watch religious TV or listen to religious radio actually had higher blood pressure. Isn't that something? Now, I'm not saying something negative live stream, but what I'm saying is, is hey, sometimes you got to get here. You got to get here. Now, if you're out of town, you're in another state, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, is there's a reason why. And the reason is, is, we need one another. We're better together. I mean when when God talks about the body of Christ he's literally shares the picture of the body. And every part needs to do its part. Every part. Not just some parts, all the parts. And when we're working together as a unit, we're unstoppable people, unstoppable. But what I what I see is is that when we gather here, it's 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 something that sometimes can be where it's it's what you do. but never forget there's so many benefits and so many uh, uh, things in the natural that are are helping you. But in the spiritual realm, just in the area of of what God's word says, it puts you in a stronger position of success, to overcome, to win. And that's what we want for 2022. We want to go beyond. amen. We want to go to the area that we're not used to. We've never, it's not something we've experienced. It's it's what we all desire. All of us enter in New Year's with an expectation of change, an expectation of having something better. Amen. Isn't that true? But, But it's going to require something. It's going to require something from you, from you doing something. Remember I talked about a few weeks ago, I was talking about how, This is is statistically, through the holidays, people gain eight pounds, period. And I'm a testimony of that. Actually, I owned the eight pounds. I went 10 pounds over the holidays. 10 pounds. You know what my attitude was when I first heard that? I said, that won't be me. (laughs) Anybody ever, remember when I said that early on? I said, that ain't going to be me. What happened? What happened? Well, I, I determined that there were other things through, the, you know, the holidays that I decided were very important for my life, and I went beyond. <laughs> and then I get up here talking about the weight gain. And I said I felt like a tamale, right. and, and but now we are on day day seven, and now I feel like like when my boys put on my clothes, you know, just like. It's bagging everything, because I've already lost 14 pounds, so I lost the 10 and 4, so that's pretty good. I, I feel good, and I feel energized, and I, it, I was looking at today's Fit for Life, and if you're not doing it, I, you know, you, it, it's, it's, you miss now, because I put this stuff together specifically to help in a time like this, to be able to help your body, your soul, and spirit. And the thing is, it's so simple not to do anything. So simple. But because of that simplicity, life never changes. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to. It won't change. Change just doesn't happen. Change is something that you have to Change. Like I say, and I'll say this over and over, you know, and I'll say it in heaven. You can pray for it, you can fry for it, you can covenant for it, you can whine for it, you can fast for it, but you're never gonna get it doing anything like that. You'll never get change. You're only gonna get change when you change. And that's a fact. So you can sit there and say, I want this and I want this to happen, I want this to happen, and God, please make it happen. It's not going to happen. It's your, your work. It's what you're going to do. Now, thank God that he can help in those requests. Thank God he can help in those desires. But to just lay it on him, as far as this is up to you, you know, here, God, here's my 10 pounds, take away. You know, you're going to keep it on you. If anything, it's going to expand, (laughs) increase, amen. So we've been looking at um, just the whole understanding of going beyond, and the Lord spoke to my heart about this, and it's something that I really want us to focus in on and and not get uh, caught up in what we do every year, and that is live every year the same we're going to have to change the expectations of our heart. We're going to have to look at life a little differently. Now, I know, yeah, you want to lose weight. You want to get healthier. You want to do this. You want to be a better person. And we do all these things. And those are great. That's good. But the thing is, is when it ultimately comes down to changes, is you've got to do it today. It doesn't matter yesterday. It doesn't matter about tomorrow. It matters Today. I found I stay faithful in the things that I want that will benefit me in today. When I focus in on today, I'll work out, I exercise. I, I do these things because it's something I, I, I have determined in my heart that are valuable. And I remember when we were going through the transformation of our eating habits years and years ago, we went through the transition of changing how we eat you know, from fast food all the time and, you know, processed foods and sugars and just all that. And, and years ago, I'm talking years ago. I'm not, I'm not saying last year, a couple years ago, because that's, that's the lie. We want the true journey look. You know, it took years to learn how to eat that bad. Years, right? It just doesn't leave you like that. So it took years and to where I believe we're really good at what we do. But we've also learned never to allow ourselves to become legalistic. That is not an excuse to go back. It's just we don't allow ourselves to be legalistic. And by doing that, it's helped us get to where we're at now over the years. Because you try the legalistic part, you always be guilty, condemned, and fail. Always. So we learn how to... Be able to look at life in a different mindset. We don't look at the life of weight loss. We look at the life of health. And by doing that, it, it listen, my elimination of fast food was something that happened. It wasn't a force. It wasn't a demand. It was a process. I, I went to the fast food, ate it, and realized, yuck. And it was weird because I didn't go in going, I want it to really suck. You know, I I went into it with the expectation of, I can't wait to eat that Big Mac. Expectation of that burrito grande. You know, you, you, you got the expectation of what you used to, but when you go through the process of elimination, all of a sudden you taste it and it don't taste like it used to taste. All of them. I'm going to tell you right now, all, just a couple, Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out, both Christian companies, by the way. (laughs) But I mean, ultimately, those two I can eat with non-issue, but Taco Bell was a tough one for me, but last time I ate Taco Bell, my whole body was like going, let's don't do this anymore. (laughs) It, it, it It doesn't feel good anymore. There's nothing good about it. And I love Taco Bell. But see, it wasn't because I was never we're gonna do this, we we'll, won't do any of this, never again. That's not how we are doing it. We we're allowing our bodies to become in a place where change was happening, and then it started dictating to us, no, we don't like it no more. We don't like it no more. And so it, it's it's easier to live a life that way than the false expectations of fantasy. To where you lose your, you know, 10, 20 pounds in in two weeks. You know, you gain 40 the next week after. It's just not worth it. That's not a healthy, healthy life. But again, what did this involve? It involved finances. It involved more expense. But I can tell you right now, our health and the way we live our lives today is so much cheaper than when we were not living this way hospitals are expensive. So I figured I'd rather pay the extra two bucks for the right type of meats for my health. So what did I do? I determined my, that my life and the value of my life required, everybody say required, required things to change. I just determined this is what I'm going to do. And when you start, listen, that's why I don't talk about body sizes or wait, because that's just the the consequences of years and years and years. So why would that be in the forefront of any communication of health? It shouldn't be, ever. Why? Because health and the change of health will process all that other stuff away. It's an automatic thing. It doesn't happen overnight, but it will happen. But I was looking at this day seven, and I realized Man, it's good. This is so good. I was looking at it because, actually, day five was awesome, but anyway. God is love, and he hates evil. I just thought that was interesting because God is love, but he also has an emotion of hate. And he says this, even though God is love, he still has the ability to hate. The righteous anger toward those things which not only cause destruction of a person's life, but in society as well. So God's hate is still tied to the benefit for our lives. I started realizing there are things that I hated in life that weren't tied to my benefit, but tied to a negative effect. So I was hating things that I shouldn't be hating, and it was causing things in my life that weren't healthy. So I had to learn to be careful in what I listened to because everybody's trying to get a strong position or a position of strength in how you think. Everybody. Your, your Instagrams, your, your tweet, you know, Twitter, your, your Facebook, you know, you, you think you're doing this all on your own. You're not. You're getting manipulated every time, every single time. Every single time you put that computer on, every single time you open up that page. Listen, it ain't on there because people love you and they just want you to have free stuff. There's a reason why, everything. So when you realize that, you realize that everybody's trying to manipulate you. Everybody, even in your own house, just the way people are. But in that manipulation, if you're not aware of it, you can go down paths that you don't want to find yourself down. There can be so many good attitudes, hard attitudes, that you find out all of a sudden become corrupted just based upon a process of what this world takes you down. And the the enemy is all about steal, kill, and destroy. That's it, steal, kill, and destroy. He don't care if... It's candy land all the way to your destruction. He'll show you lollipops and candy canes, everything, just all this beauty. But as long as it takes you down to the path of destruction, that's his plan. That's also the world's plan. So we have to recognize that. But I thought that was cool because it says, um, talking about God's hate, he said, or I said, It's like this, you love your little child, but you hate the fever that's attacking in them. You love your child, but you hate the evil person or a mad animal that would attempt to hurt or bite your little child. As long as there is a world of contrast, a world in which sin has entered, we will love the right and hate the wrong. That was good. So not too late to start fit for life. Pick up your book and let's do this thing. Amen. That sound good? How many are still doing it? How many raised their hands and they're not? They just didn't want to look bad. <laughs> you make it look bad. Good. I'm glad quite a few hands went up. Matthew 9:22 talks about something that I believe is, is it's, a, it's a story that reveals very important things for us to pay attention to. A few weeks ago, I talked about the blind men. Amen. Remember that? The blind men have been blind their whole lives. It's something that they understand, they experience, they know. They don't see. They don't know what sight is. All they can do is hear. So their experiences are tied to four senses, since they don't have sight. Touch, taste, feel. And so their experiences are very small. And in that, we look at their lives when Jesus comes in the picture. And the Bible says that these men... Have heard about Jesus. So people have been telling them about things that have been happening when Jesus is around. They've been told that Jesus is a healer, life giver. He delivers, He sets free. People that are blind see. And so here these guys, these two men are, where they have an expectation based on something they're hearing. This isn't, this isn't, they don't have proof of fact. It's what they're hearing. So there's a element of trust, is there not? Now remember, many people who you talk to are blind. So how you communicate to them is going to win or lose their ability to be free. How you talk to them. Yeah, Jesus is coming to town. You know, I've heard he heals, but, you know, whatever. Now, what are the blind men going to do? Nothing. But if you're in an attitude of, man, I'm telling you guys, if you can get around him, you're going to see. I've seen it. I heard these people are being healed. You've got to get around him. All of a sudden, something happens within them. And the Bible says that Jesus was walking by and going, and the, men, the blind men were, started following him. Well, of course they're blind, so they ain't by themselves, right? I mean, if they're blind, they, they could be going the wrong way. Jesus, Jesus, and he's going that way, right? You guys got that? All right. So these guys are following, and what they do is start screaming out, Son of David, have mercy. Son of David, have mercy. And Jesus goes into the house. He doesn't even stop. The Bible says he goes into the house. And what's interesting is these guys are like going, we've gone too far. We're going all the way. Yeah. So their attitudes were, we're going to get healed. Again, these guys are blind guys. Nothing. They haven't experienced anything like that. They did not even heard of anything like that. But for some reason... Their faith has risen within them. And see, this is what I want you to understand because a lot of times in the, 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 the religious church and the Christian church, the concept is, 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 is this has to take years and years and years. And we're talking days. We're talking this, this is happening you know, like an overnight sensation for these two guys. And they go to Jesus and he says, what you need. We want to see. Do you believe? And they're like going, yeah. And he goes, well, according to what you believe, let it be done. That's that's the words of Jesus to two blind guys. We're We're not talking about this, you know, this super, you know, place of waving wands and lightning and thunder. We're talking about the words of Jesus saying, well, you heard and you believe it's going to happen and i was explaining how two blind guys can get to a place of supernatural power to where they can see in just a few just a short time and a lot of times we're struggling we're going through this 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 walk you know like like it's it's just this is enormous, just heavy journey, and nothing in scripture backs that up. So so something's wrong. And it's not the word, it's not God. It's it's what we do, it's all our parameters, it's it's the barriers in our life that are stopping us and holding us back. But these guys pressed in. This woman of the issue of blood, 12 years hemorrhaging, 12 years. It's in the same context of these stories to where literally Jesus is going to heal a daughter of a ruler. This guy has a 12-year-old daughter that is dying. So 12 years she's been healthy and now she's dying. Now we have a woman that's been sick for 12 years. And she's, she's, she's on the rampage because everything that she's done to bring healing to her body has not worked to where literally she's bankrupt now. The Bible says that she spent everything she had to the doctors of that day to heal her. So she isn't like going, well, you know, I hope it gets healed or I hope I get healed. She's done everything that she personally can do. Javris, on the other hand, is just like going, get Jesus. This is automatic. It's just like, this is a, my daughter's sick. She's dying. He needs it. We need Jesus. This lady's gone through everything, everything with no hope. All of a sudden, she starts hearing about Jesus. She hears about Jesus, and her attitude becomes so overwhelming that she doesn't care about the consequences of what she's about to do. Now, we're in a religious time frame right now, strong religious time frame when Jesus is walking on this earth. Legalism is at its highest level. The laws are overwhelming, and pretty much... The Levitical laws are demanding that she don't even get around people. So this lady, for 12 years, has been alone. Other than her doctor visits, which require all kinds of ceremonial cleansing on the doctor's part. But they took her money. So she's been let down time and time again. 12 years of not only being separated from people, but she can't even attend attend church. So her own personal connection with God has been separated. She knows this. And now Jesus is on the scene, and all she's hearing is healing, restoration, wholeness. Jesus came to this earth because of the love of God. He operated in this earth Revealing the Father. And for some reason, we've, we've got this picture that's almost eliminated the way Jesus started this whole thing off. Hope, healing, restoration, the supernatural, commonplace. Can you believe? Can you believe? And it's, it's almost like it's alien now. But he's the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. Well, we're caught up in, in so much stuff. We lose sight of hearing Jesus. What do we do when we get together? What's our conversations like? It, it needs to be more, of, more about what Jesus has done and what he's doing. But I, I tend to believe, like, you know, social media, it's going to be leaning heavily on the negative. Why don't we have and why don't we don't? And how come them and my waffle doesn't look like their waffle? You know, it, it, it's, it's a place where it's almost like, you know, life's a gimmick. And God's saying, listen, we need to get back to the basics of, of walking with Jesus, because it should be exciting. It should be filled with adventure. It, it should be something that our kids are, 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 are growing up and saying, man, nothing but the best, nothing but the best, and recognizing that's in Christ. But over the years, what I've found to see is that most families, all they're seeing is religion, and they're not wanting church. Church. Oh, they go through the little kids' classes and they go through all the, the cutie, you know, the, the Christianese of, of all families, but they get older and all of a sudden it's no longer relevant. Why? Because they haven't seen it relevant. And we need to make sure that we keep it alive and real. But that's on us. It's our responsibility to believe, right? To have the same faith as the blind men believe this. This woman with the issue of blood, she, Mark 9, it says, and suddenly a woman who had flow of blood for 12 years. Remember, this is incurable. She's probably filled with so much depression. I mean, I, I've been to the place where I get it. I understand that. I've heard the doctors say impossible. There's nothing worse than having a heart of hope a heart of desire, something that is so God-ordained to have children. And for the medical doctors, not not, uh, family physicians, the experts of the experts, the Mayo Clinics, the top docs say, impossible, impossible. It's hard to go out of a meeting like that, walking with a skip. Kids are coming my way. It's very difficult. I have different testimonies in my life where I can talk about the struggle and the warfare and the fight. But I can tell you right now that I've never been in a position with God to where I didn't have the ability to rise above it. Never. God has never put me in a position or a place where there wasn't the ability to see light. And that's, I believe, how God works with us is he's not going to allow us to be tempted above and beyond what we could handle. You need to understand that. That is the word of God. And there are times when you are being tempted, but you lose sight of that information and you lose. Instead of looking at the ability to say, you know what? God already knows I can win. Otherwise, it wouldn't be here. Failure is something that, if you allow it to stick with you, it amplifies itself into a lie. Y'all, we all grew up in failure, everybody in here. How many, when you first started walking, you started perfectly? All all of us, right? Because we don't fail, right? Isn't that how we, as a matter of fact, the moment we started walking, we had the, we had the, Innate ability to run sprints. Isn't that how it happened? But you know, I hope you guys were like me. I mean, that's that's you know how it worked out with my life. See, that's a, that's a bunch of bull. But see, we don't look at life correctly, we don't look at life where the correct thing is. Is the most important thing in, is walking in life, walking to get up and to start using your legs, walking. And so we get our children, we get to that, we're, we're wanting them to quit the crawling or the that. In other words, I ain't crawling and do nothing, just pick me up. And you're wanting them to get to that place where they're realizing the strength of their legs and they're experiencing it. I know little Sergio, He's he's starting to walk now and and so I remember, you know, there's so many parents in here. I remember them. Oh, my, my son, my daughter, they're walking. And it's just such a joy. But when you look at the video, that, that ain't, that's almost not like walking. <laughs> but we ain't looking at it that way. Because if you want to look at the definition of failure, that's failure. But isn't it all relevant? But we get it, don't we? So we don't see that failure as failure, a finite thing, but we recognize that it's a process. Well, what happened? Because we still have failure, but we don't see it as a process. We almost demand perfection when you don't deserve it. I remember years ago, I learned this revelation on marriage, and I believe it's helped countless hundreds and hundreds of people. And that is this, when people come to me and talk about marriage and there's, they're, they're just, their attitude is they're demanding the marriage to good, to be good, just getting married or, or, or however long they've been married. And they, and, and I talk with them and, and it's, it's almost like I deserve this. We deserve this. And then I ask them a simple question. What makes you think you do? Cause see, if we're going to look precisely at how life is lived, shouldn't there be a life of experience, classes, knowledge and understanding, teaching, instruction, and information that gets you to the place of where now you could say, yeah, I should have a good marriage. And I asked all the couples that question, and they can't tell me a reason why. It's like saying, my children should be perfect, because I had one. Now, once you become a parent, you realize that truth quickly, right? Because it just doesn't happen. There's a process. And so I give people to realize, yeah, that's right. We're expecting something that we really don't have the right to expect. And their attitude is, is then what do we do? Start the journey now. Understand that there is no demand on yourself for it to be perfect. That's ridiculous. No one, no one in life operates that way. I start a new sport. I should be the best. Why? Because I started a new sport. See, it doesn't even make sense, does it? Well, in life, we agree until these things crop up in life where we're expected to be perfect. No, it should be anything but perfect. You don't even eat the same. You don't sleep the same. You don't, you know, you're two people that are so separate. Male, female. I mean, everything about it is crying out. It ain't going to last long. In the natural, right? But that's the key. The life is is the, the journey of the life. And there's nothing like it. It's great. But again, we get these false pictures. And we lose sight of reality. And so the only thing to do is complain. Isn't this true? And so what we want to look at is we want to look at how how do we get to the place where, like, this woman got to the place in her life. Failure, people, 12 years. 12 years of expecting the best to fix, and they couldn't. And I remember, again, the battle that I went through was the same thing. You got everything saying, no. I had Christians, literally Christians, tell me that the reason why I'll never have kids is because I don't have faith. I mean, say that to my face. Is that amazing? Amazing. Literally, I, they're not saying it to be evil or mean, but they're saying it because they don't have an understanding of faith. They don't even understand the, the Bible. But it's a flippant word. It's Christianese. We say things like this, and, it, and it, it really hurts. And this guy had like eight kids. He did. Serious. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And I said, how dare you? How can you say that? He goes, well, if you had faith, you've had a child already. That's what he said. And again, another question in my head: Do I not have faith? I mean, just it's it's just, it's a constant battle in the mind. Now, God's word still hasn't changed; it still says what it says. So I'm either going to succumb to. All the the perfect people out there and their opinions. are am going to let God's word shine a light in this dark tunnel of information. I determined that's what I'm going to do. It's going to continue to believe God. What what, what do I got to lose? I, it's His word, and so by doing this, I just we, I mean, Pastor, I just we committed to believe. And the miracles happen. I mean, you already know the story. The miracles happen. But I understand the journey can be rough. It can be dark. That doesn't mean it's not true. It doesn't mean that, that God's light is being dimmed. None of that. It matters on what am I going to focus in on. Because I've been out in, the, in dark regions of this planet, hunting or camping, and it'd be dark, where you can't even see your hand in front of you. But you just get one little light, man. That one little light brings so much comfort. Darkness is all over the place, but it doesn't matter. Once you pop that little light, it even goes further than you would assume, just a tiny little light. And by having that light, it's just like going, hey, darkness doesn't matter. When this light shines, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine it makes a big difference. Amen. So she comes behind him. She touches the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, and this is what's important, because everything she's doing is what she believes. She didn't reach for his shoulder. She didn't reach for a lock of his hair. She didn't reach for his hand. She didn't run in front of them and saying, Jesus, Jesus, she determined. And this is what's so important to see is she determined. She determined. Guys, hearing me? She determined. This isn't theology. This isn't, you know, the, the, the biblical keys of getting healing. This is her determining what she needs to do. That's it. If I can just touch that, if I can get to where I can grab that bottom of the hem, that, all I need to do is get close enough to grab that. If I can grab that, I'm getting healed. Do you understand the power of that belief? So she runs behind him. She gets into him. Touches the hem of the garment, for she said to herself, If only I can touch his garment, I will be made whole. Not hope something happens. How in the world? 12 years, lonely, depressed, no hope. Here's about Jesus. People, this is what this gospel is about. We're so quick to write people off. We're so quick to think that this person can never and can never experience change or they'll never have hope. And we're so familiar with people and their miserable lives. But the truth of the matter is, is ultimately a word from Jesus can change 12 years. Come on, you guys know this. And she heard this word. And this word was, is he's a healer. And she's, she's got this place in her life where she's just saying, all I need to do is touch it. And it's done. It's a done deal. That, isn't that, That's like extreme to me. Extreme. If I if I could just get in front of him and he says, if I could just get in front of him and he can touch, lay hands on me. If I can just get eye contact, if he could just see, see how bad it is in my life. No, it's she runs behind him, not even wanting to disrupt his life, but just touch it, everything's gonna be better. If we could only have the same belief. If we can only, not that it's something that we will have with our relationship with Jesus. But if we can have the same concept of, I just need a little, just, I just need to do a little touch and we're all good. We're all good. And what happens, power impacts, invades her life and there's healing. What's interesting is, is Jesus knows everything. He's on his way to Jairus's diary. He already knows she's going to die. He ain't going to make it in time. He already knows this. Jairus is like, I have no doubt. He's like going, dude, get the crowd. You guys, come on. This is, we got to hurry up. And he stops. All right, who touched me? And the disciples, they're so quick and witty. You know, they turn to Jesus with, with their, 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 spiritual concern, and say, what, are you crazy? Everybody's touching you. I mean, that's pretty much what they did. Are, what, are you kidding me? They're all over you. Who touched me? Come on, Jesus, let's go. They're always good at that. And she's like, it's almost like freeze tag. She's like "On." But now her body's already been healed and whole. And she's like, huh. I met. And he says, be a good cheer. Your daughter, be a good cheer, daughter. Your faith, your faith has made you whole. I think that's a wonderful picture because I also believe it's for J. Iris. It's for J. Iris to understand that this woman, her faith had the ability to heal her, and it wasn't a big, it wasn't like a big dramatic fashion. It was, if I can just get behind him, touch his hand, boom, I'm healed. I'll just back away and walk away all healed. That's all her, that's all her plan was. I just want to, be, I want to be free and it happened Jesus turned around saw her he said be of good cheer daughter your faith has made you well the woman was healed see i believe that going into this 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 year I've got to go on with a, a different relationship And that relationship has to be real tight with Jesus. And I'm not talking about Jesus do that, Jesus do this. I'm talking about our position of faith with him, where we know that we know what we know. And that we get into these difficult times. We You know, it's like when Jesus was talking about, he was talking about foretelling the destruction of Jerusalem. And... And how terrible this was going to be, but also he was talking about in the, in the tribulation period. So he's talking about two different concepts of destruction and nation against nation, war and, and, and people hearts failing him, failing them. And he's going through this whole process of, of death and destruction. And then he says this, but y'all lift your heads up and be a good cheer. I mean, how do you go through hell on earth, but be happy? Because this is what we have to understand about this life. History shows us that it's always going to be this way. There is no such thing as peace on earth. It'll never happen. I don't care how many people agree with climate change. It ain't going to happen. I'm telling you right now, there will never be this all unity, unified peace. There's always going to be wars and rumors of wars and hate, steal, kill, and destroy. But in the midst of that, Jesus said, our responsibility is to rise up and see a different picture. Lift up your heads doesn't mean lift up your heads. It means lift up what you're looking at. Your redemption draws close. And he's saying, what are you going to look at? What are you going to pay attention to? Because that's the key. What are you listening to? She said, if I can only. That self-talk was powerful, wasn't it? Well, it released power from Jesus. And so when we start realizing we start going, okay, okay. Well, 2022 is going to be different. Why? Because I'm going to listen to this stuff and I'm going to put it to action. Proverbs 4.20 says this, my child, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let my word, my sayings depart from your what? Eyes. Don't let them depart from Where? eyes. I find that interesting because you wouldn't think he'd say eyes, but he says, don't let them depart from your eyes. And see, what he's saying is, is when you're looking through life, how are you defining what you're seeing? Because you do everything. Everything you do in life has already been through a process of definition. Everything. How you look at people, how you look at relationships, how it's defined through your past Defined through your hurts, defined through divorces, defined through pain. And so when you look, the, 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 and I'm talking boundaries right now because this is the problem. These boundaries in our lives have been built up from our past. So when we're hearing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, we don't hear that. We hear a fairy tale. We hear communication. It's almost like, ma, 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 but the word of God says you can do. But because of the barriers of our life, the barriers of what we've gone through, the barriers of pain, the barriers of hurt, you know, we have you have kids that gone through divorce and all of a sudden they go into relationships and they have destructive patterns in their lives because of what they've seen and what they've heard, and all of a sudden it's failure, it's I can't and I'll never, and it's just this revolving door of of of, of ugly. And all of us can look at failed this, failed that, failed job, failed work, failed whatever, relationships. We can look at all that, and it just continues to write in our heart that it's pretty much what we're going to experience in our future. Because you're not going to find anybody with a perfect life. But if you determine in your heart, determine that, you know what, today is the only thing that matters. Nothing else matters but today. I don't care what, listen, I understand you might be dealing with things from your past, a bad decision, a bad choice, whatever, but still today matters for your tomorrow. So you can use that as a cause and effect, but the point is you're making a choice today to continue in your past, or you choose to write it off. Now, if it has Further need of maintenance or whatever, it's how you view it and how you look at it will determine, is this going to continue on affecting you in a negative? But it's going to be up to you. Completely up to you. It says, don't let the word of God depart from your eyes. Don't let his sayings depart. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to all your flesh. Life and health. The word of God is life and health. What is it? Life and health. You keep life and health before you. You keep life and health in your tongue. Keep life and health protected. It said what? To... Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's what we use for our team, Shamar. That literally means to guard, to protect, to oversee. It's their connection of a relationship there, to build a hedge about. And God's saying, the importance of, your, of this word is so important that you need to guard, protect it. Don't allow anything to come in and hurt it. Amen. God's word is power for life and health. I like 1 Corinthians 4.20. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. Dunamis. The kingdom of God is not words, but in power. These words we're talking about are power and life, amen, and health. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.5. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power. So see, we're not talking about just scriptures. We're talking about power. We're talking about this information is power. I I, I don't want to memorize scripture. I'm going to memorize power. I don't want to live words. I want to live power. See, so many people have words, but they don't have the power from the words. They have information, but there's no benefit from the information. It's the application of the power, applying this saying, applying this word, and then experiencing the power from it. Amen? Are you getting this? Verse 23 says this, above all else. Okay, so he said what? Don't let the word depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Their life to those who find them and help to all their flesh, right? So this is what it says. But then it says above else, guard, same word, protect, Shamar, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. It's the what? Wellspring of life. And literally the Hebrew word is, it's your boundary in life. It's the Hebrew word for boundary. And what it's saying is, is when it comes to your heart, boundaries are created, limits are created. Now, how far the boundary is or how far the limit is all dependent on you. And we want to learn 2022 to expand those boundaries. See, what I want to do is I want to look at what I know to be boundaries in my life. I expect it. I understand it. And then start pushing those boundaries out. Start moving them out further to where it's land that I haven't walked on. It's an area I haven't been before. I'm not too, it's not too familiar for me now. What does that mean? Well, maybe you've had a, just, you have a tough time in relationships. You always see, you know, there's always the same old, same old. It just comes down to the same thing and it's a mess. And you're like going, now you've got boundaries in your life to where you don't even want friends anymore. So you determine that this far as I go with relationships, but everything within you you want better. So you either do what everybody else does, and that is settle for your past, or you start pushing boundaries. It, it's going to take boldness. It's going to take courage from you guys. Courage. The courage, probably to even get hurt again, but to not quit because i believe with all my heart if you're going to do this correctly if we're going to get the correct mindset of having victory in these areas beyond it's going to require the ability to know that god is with us in the midst of this fight that's the only way you're going to make it because i'm going to tell you you will are going to feel and experience pressure in life it's you're going to trip You're going to make a bad decision still. That's okay. That's all I'm saying. It's okay. But what you also have to understand is, is you're not in this fight by yourself. Philippians 4, 7, I'm going to end right there, says this. Be anxious for nothing. The word anxious is fearful. Don't have any fear. The word nothing in the Greek literally means not at all. There's not even a a room for anything. It's not at all. Do not have fear at all. Don't have this anxious, fearful, worried heart at all. And in how it's written, it's a command. So God's not even writing it for, hey, I got a good suggestion. He's literally saying, I'm commanding you, don't have any fear at all. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Well, we're either going to accept it or we're going to blow it away. I'm going to accept it. He says, but in everything. Okay, I don't want you to have any fear at all, but I want you to also understand this. And this is how good God is. He's never going to say, you know, don't do this and then hope you make it. He doesn't, this is how awesome God is. I'm telling you right now. He says, don't, and I'm empowering you. It, when you learn the word of God correctly, it, it blows your mind away how awesome God is. It just eliminates religion completely. It eliminates this false picture of, of, of this just mean, angry God. To a God that's like your biggest cheerleader. But these are the thoughts I think toward. Don't tell me how I think toward you. These are how, this is what I think toward you. Remember, the, there's different words for prayer in scripture. The only reason why it's important to understand that is, is, there's no such thing as one language to God. We communicate with one another different ways in how our relationship is. Different needs, different wants. Sometimes there's extreme, hey, I really need this. And there's, hey, whenever you can get to it, right? And what is that called? It's called communication. But see, because it's Bible and it's word prayer, we, we get it weird. We turn this into weird stuff. Lord God, is, we believe if you, King James, something's going to happen, you know, uh, put a thee or a thou and you're really up on the, you know, heaven level. It, it's just ridiculous. Once you, I'm going to tell you right now, my success, the journey of my success in my relationship with with God starts with when I was able to get that stuff out of my life and just talk to him normal and not have a problem with it, thinking that this might be too, you know, this is just too familiar. And everything is scripture. Once I started seeing it, was God saying, I want it that way, I want it that way, I want you close, I want this communication open, I don't want no nothing holding it back, and so the quicker I got to that place, the easier this, this whole thing became, and so he says, get to the place of surrender where you're like going, okay, God, I'm getting out of the way because I have done nothing but screw this thing up. I need your help. And then he says, and supplication. Well, supplication literally means be specific. I had this guy um, the other day you know, say, you know, hey, I've been dealing with some really, he knows I'm a pastor. I've been dealing with some really tough stuff. He goes, I could really use your prayer. I go, Sure. He goes, all right, thanks, I appreciate that. And I go, well, <laughs> no, we ain't stopping there. You need to tell, you need to be specific. He, he knows the type of person I am, and he's used to dealing with religious people. So I told him, you know, I don't do religion. I said, you want me to pray specifically for you? I will. Otherwise, there ain't no prayer happening. I don't do that you know it's an unspecified prayer God and then he you know he, he laughed and said okay this is what I'm you know it's almost like you don't want to say things to people because you're like going okay they're going to start talking and all that. but I, I am who I am and I realized you know this is true this is what I'm dealing with I go done no problem this is no problem I come in a, a complete agreement, and and this is what he was doing. No, I'm just kidding. But I did. I, I was able to get. We got specific, and I have no doubt. And that's what I expect. I want. I want. Let, let's get specific. What is it you're needing? The power of prayer. See, you, our assumption is it's all on our own. No, it isn't. Two or three agree. I mean, when you're in a place where God's talking about the concept of the body the concept of together, the concept of this this accountability, that's so vital, so important to have that. You know, thank God we can pray. Thank God we can believe. Amen. But there are times when you need that other person going, let's agree. And it it makes you feel stronger. I know it makes me feel stronger. So when you're needing prayer or needing people agree with you, don't be ashamed. Don't be, you know, worried about it. Look at it as, I'm believing God's word. This is what God's word says. I'm in agreement with his word. We're going to get together on this. Especially when you know that a person, when, they, when you agree with them, they got power in their faith. That's when you're like going, yeah, I'll hook up with that. God isn't sitting there going, well, no, you need equal faith to work on this. He's just looking for, who's got the mustard seeds? Okay, there it is. Are oh, you guys hearing me? So be specific. I love this, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. What, 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 what part is this? What do you see this as? You're, you're going to God, specifically, you're, you're getting out of the way and saying, God, please, I need help. And then he says, with thanksgiving. You know what that is? That's a voice of faith. I mean, you're going with attitude. I'm praying, and I know. I'm praying. It's your word. Watch what he uses now. Let your requests. Let your requests. And we've heard this many, many times in here. This is an attitude of firm expectation. When I'm playing, praying for God, I see it in your word. I know it belongs to me. Your attitude is, is, this is done. It belongs to me. It's my covenant right. I'm bringing it before you because I know. it's it's you've, you've given it to me. I'm not begging you, God. I'm not begging you for anything. So I'm coming to you, getting out of my way. And putting you involved in this specific thing that I'm needing. And in this, God, this is what I'm needing. And I thank you, Father, for it, because I already know you are meeting my needs before I even say it. And because now that I know, I know that I know that I know, this is a covenant right of mine. Your word says it. It belongs to me. That's that. And that's how we're going on with this. And then he says, when you do this, The peace of God, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. What does that? The peace of God connects to that attitude. Your attitude is, this is what I'm standing for. This is what I'm believing, and I'm giving you thanks, God, because I know that I know that I know it's your word and your word is not going to return to me void. It's going to accomplish what you sent it for, and I believe. I believe with all my heart, and I just want you to know I'm thankful for your word, and it belongs to me. All of a sudden, the Bible says the peace of God starts guarding your mind and heart. Well, the, the peace literally, that, that word literally means no conflict. It's, it's a, a picture of a battle where the armies have just, it's, everything ceased and stopped. There's no warfare going on, no problems, no, no nothing happening, and there's this peace that happens, and it's just like everything is at ease. And that's where God's saying, that's where I want you all. 2022, I want you in that position where you are in a strong position of, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Peace is all over my life. Peace is guarding my heart. Peace is guarding my mind. And all I'm doing is having an expectation that I'm going beyond in 2022. I'm gonna go right here. I'm gonna press this barrier out a little bit further and I'm gonna keep walking. And I'm gonna keep going on this journey to pretty soon I'm gonna be out there so far. When I look back, I'm gonna see footsteps everywhere. But it's because it's my new journey in this new year. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of the word of God, and we believe this word is for us, that we look out at 2022 and we're going to own it. We have determined in our hearts that we will go beyond, and we will experience the beyond as never before. This is our year, and we will be the light and example to the blind out there to the people that have an issue for years in their lives and for those that just like Jairus' daughter died but was risen again. Father, I thank you that we are the testimony of light. We're the bearers of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And we will be faithful to proclaim it from this day forward. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, y'all. Love you guys. You're awesome.